we worked really hard. Doug went to his corporate job every day for four years um, in the hopes that we would grow the company to the point where he could leave that job. I wanted to like, be here. like I wanted to be here. You know, I had a secure job, great opportunity, great benefits, great salaries, things like that. And stepping out into that unknown was still a little bit scary for us as a family. It got to the point where uh, we were having dinner one night and I said, you know, I can see the stress in you. What are we going to do? And I said, well, I would love to get to the point where I could quit and come to work for us. The biggest worry is replacing my salary. And I'll never forget, we were at the dinner table and she looked at me and she said, oh, by the way, we did that about six months ago. So why don't you go in tomorrow and write your resignation letter? Join us in Mixing Business with Pleasure, a podcast about loving your work and working with your love. Your hosts, Mike and Gabby, are entrepreneurs who have found their passion in both their personal and professional relationship. The pair who swore never to work with each other are now working happily together side by side in love, life, and business. Tune in each week as we feature co-founders who are also lovers and are proving that business and pleasure really do mix well together. Welcome back to the Mixing Business with Pleasure podcast, the show all about loving your work and working with your love. If this is your first time joining us, we're thrilled you found us. And if you're one of our longtime listeners, thank you for tuning in. Today's guests, Doug and Michelle Myers, are married entrepreneurs and parents of a beautiful blended family of three. Their remote business, Pink Collars, provides customer service support to home service businesses. Michelle actually started her first business back in 2009, but it wasn't until meeting Doug in 2013 that she really saw the opportunity to grow and scale, alongside growing a relationship with Doug. In 2016, Doug and Michelle officially founded Pink Collars and the rest is history. Now, this amazing pair is on a mission to provide work at home opportunities for other at home professionals, parents and caregivers. They would love for everyone to experience the kind of freedom and flexibility they've found through their remote business, which is something both Mike and I can certainly relate to. Doug and Michelle are also looking for new ways to provide support to even more service businesses and have founded the Myers Five Group as a part of that effort. We absolutely loved hearing their story, and we know you're going to gain so much from our interview with them as well. In fact, if you enjoy what you hear today, we'd be thrilled for you to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes. Screenshot your review and send it to us either via email or DM on Instagram along with your mailing address and we'll send you a set of our super fun Mixing Business with Pleasure stickers as a thank you. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy our interview with this phenomenal couple. Welcome back to another exciting and thrilling episode of Mixing Business with Pleasure. And today we have a lovely couple with us, Doug and Michelle Myers of Pink Collars. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Being here. Yes. And I, and I just realized our logo colors are almost identical. 
We're twins. We're both <laughs> twins. Great no minds think alike. Yeah. Yes, yes. Pink is such an underrated color for business. And I want to talk about the logo and your na the name of the business you guys have. But before we do that, we have to ask you some burning questions. So everyone that comes on the show, we ask them this question. Our podcast is all about work and love. Work and love are both four-letter words. So we'd like to know what your favorite four-letter words are. Oh, oh that's an on the spot that well can i say it depends on the situation you absolutely uh, can i my favorite four-letter word i'll go first um is grow it's one of the words i use constantly i'm an avid gardener i love to grow things food people i love to grow processes we love growing this business so I would say my favorite four-lettered word is grow. That is brilliant. And we actually have, that's the first yeah. time we heard grow on the podcast. And that's a really good one. Yeah. That's a really good, we get a lot of, we get a lot of um, <laughs> wine, food. We get the F word a couple of times here and there. <laughs> but, um, but, but grow is an excellent one. And it, and it, it can be for just about everything in our lives. Yeah. I think I'm more, I think our most common ones would be wine, food, hope, and the F word. <laughs> I think one that pops into my mind, or the first thing that popped into my mind was, and this may be another first one, but I like the word done, D-O-N-E. I like to get things done. Um, and that's, you know, also, oh, the, wow. I'm the half of this whole that, um, not that she doesn't get things done, uh, but she's the, she's the starter, I'm the finisher. So I like to just get things done. So would it be fair to say that uh, you, it, I guess, grow to me is like visionary and done is like the operator? It's so true. Absolutely. So true. We have nicknames for each other in the business in that. Well, let me preface it. We took a business <laughs> um, personality test uh, out there. It's called Colby. Our Colby testing came back. It's funny. Our, our one of our business coaches. Uh, applied the test and he looked at us and he kind of scratched his head and he said, you guys are the exact polar opposites. He said, I've tested thousands mm -hmm. of people and you are precisely exactly the opposite in business, which is a great thing. And Michelle is what's known as a quick start. Um, so she gets things off the ground. She can light the fire and really go. I'm the exact opposite. I like to finish things and close things out. So we lovingly call each other the arsonist and the firefighter. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my God. Awesome. She goes again, flaming it up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, my goodness. I love this energy. I love the four-letter words. Love the nicknames. You know, what's very interesting, and, and it's it's been fun as a podcast host to hear these things, is every time we ask the, the, the question, the four-letter word, first of all, it throws everyone off. Oh, yeah. they're, they're, like, they're like, oh, God, they feel like they're on the spot. So that's kind of fun to kind of watch that. But then you see the wheels turning in everybody's head. And what's so fascinating to us, and there's probably some kind of psychological study in the making about this, is that the words that you choose in the beginning always somehow define the entire episode. So we've we've been very uh, excited, you know, fortunate and exciting to see that kind of unfold itself and the words grow and done. I guarantee you they're going to pop their head up throughout this episode and we're going to we're going to feel their presence throughout the show, which is which is really exciting and and fun to see that. 
Well, thank you for sharing that. We have another question for you, and this one should not necessarily put you on the spot, and I think you'll, you'll share with us some really valuable information about the both of you and your business. Our question is, what came first, business or love? Love actually came first in our case. In our case, it did. It did. And then business came second because Pink Collars was really born because of the vision that you saw in my first little company, my little cottage company, mm -hmm. I call it. <laughs> Michelle um, had started the company originally, her first company, uh, back in 2009, 2010, when the uh, crash happened. She had a big corporate job you know, big corporate office, salary, staff, all of that. And then all of a sudden, you know, you go into work one day and the owner says, thank you, but we don't need your services anymore. See you later. Um, <laughs> she had two young children at the time. And correct me if I'm not telling the story correctly, but she went home that night, sat at her dinner table and said, what can I do to better my life? What can I do to not put my kids in daycare? What can I do to not be stuck in corporate board meetings until nine o'clock at night, until traffic jams and all of the stuff that goes on with uh, that corporate life. And then uh, the wheels started turning um, and she got the opportunity to go out west. Her sister lived in Colorado. Um, no one could find work at that time. And um, her sister said, come on out here, get on your feet, um, stay with me, you'll figure things out, that sort of thing. Um, again, not being able to find work, she answered an ad online for a little uh, tree service company, folks, arborists that come out and trim your trees. And uh, they said, hey, we need help in our office. And she's like, well, I can at least do that. And that started the ball rolling. Fast forward into 2013, <laughs> um, I come along. We uh, we did this whole thing called online dating. So did we. We um, did that too. <laughs> you never know who you're going to meet out there. I know. I know. <laughs> who would have known I wound up with someone in pink glasses, right? Uh, and um, and I had come from a uh, corporate construction background as well, and I met her online. And you know, in part of the normal dating thing, it was what do you do for a living? And she tried to explain this virtual world to me. I didn't really quite grasp it. I took a day off work. I sat down and I watched telephones flying around and computer screens and all of that. You know, really all you're doing is, is outsourcing good quality customer service. Um, you're doing customer service in a new way. Mm -hmm. And taking my background, I looked at her and I said, you know, we can really create an incredible opportunity here and uh and we can grow this company how far along were you in in your relationship at that point when you you brought that idea up oh like three weeks three weeks <laughs> like literally he came over one day to have lunch with me and he's like bossing me all around i'm like hey wait a minute you don't know what's going on but i it, it to be fair he did have the vision i was in the business right so i was just doing 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 i had my head down and he was able to have a different perspective and that's the whole reason why pink collars was born is he saw hey you're kind of like a subcontractor and you know i work with subcontractors all day long in construction and you know design and material stuff so it was it was really cool that he saw it that way because i certainly did and i always you know it's sometimes trying to get a focus on something that's so close to you. Um, you can't focus it until you get an arm's length away. And I just gave her that arm length. 
Uh, that set off a series of um, questionable yeses uh, in her life. Uh, she's, she not only said yes to dating me, uh, she said yes to growing your company with me, and then ultimately said yes to putting uh, one of these on our fingers. So yeah, we, we laugh about those unfortunate series of yeses. Um, for me, I'll say. That's great. Oh my goodness, I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story because gosh, there's so much in there that we can that we can dive into and hold on, Mike is Mike, you want to jump in here? No. I do. Oh, he always likes to steal my thunder. Okay, go. <laughs> go. Um, you know, you kind of mentioned the, the fact that you mentioned unfortunate yeses. It's something I'd love to dig deeper on and, and the reason is because, you know, you kind of hear around entrepreneurship that, you know, luck plays a part. It sounds like a lot of your story is now. Obviously, there's a lot of skill and purposeful decision making involved too. But I'd love to hear sort of, you know, what what part has has luck played in where you are today, and how do you how do you how do you take advantage of of luck? Because it seems like you have. Yeah. Well, I I feel, and I tell all of our team this all the time. We're a company that says yes, and like Doug mentioned, I came from the corporate world, and to go from corporate America to sitting in a little one bedroom apartment in Colorado and answering the phones for a tree service on a flip phone. Let's not forget those, the clamshell flip phone <laughs> and running their business essentially on a Google calendar. It was a real mind shift for me because it was certainly something that I was likely overqualified for. I had worked in construction and design for a number of years but I just kept saying yes. And when I said yes to that first thing, then I said yes to a couple of other things. And I just kept saying yes. And I feel like the entrepreneur in me was always sort of hiding behind the working person. <laughs> and I think the yeses are what really played into the evolution of what became my, the change in my life. Um, and luck absolutely plays into everything because I think all of us have some bit of fortune. There's only one Michelle, right? There's only one Doug, there's only one of each one of us. And we have to really play that card of our own um, because there's really only one person. And so that, that, that I think is, is a good explanation of luck. And I, I use it constantly. I'm very lucky and fortunate, I think, in my life. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people are hit with lucky situations or, or opportunities to come their way. They don't necessarily understand how it happened or why it happened. Um, but we always talk about taking the next right step um, and, take, and doing something with that opportunity, whether you call it luck or faith or opportunity or whatever it is, doing the next right thing and just forging forward. Taking a step out into the unknown that's scary, uh, that's, uh, I don't know what direction it's going to go. I don't know if I'm going to burn from this or if I'm going to thrive from this. But without taking that step, we'll never know. Um, and that's what we do. We have a five-year-old daughter, and she's, as you can imagine, very into the movie Frozen. And in the movie Frozen 2, they talk about taking the next 
right step and going into the unknown. Those are actually dialogues and words in this movie. And that's where my mind was going. So I think I think Disney owes you some royalties, Doug. <laughs> I was gonna try and collect on that. I, I, I okay. not seen the movie, but maybe they got it from me. Who knows? I, that's okay. what I'm thinking. Yeah. So, so, so thinking. Disney's breeding a whole generation of entrepreneurs, I guess. Yes, they are. I think so, yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Mike definitely believes in luck. I more prescribe to the idea of, of fate and sort of, you know, this is what the destiny was all along, that it was that you were supposed to come together, you were supposed to find each other. You know, that's that's kind of how I view the world on things. But Michelle, I want to ask you, so it sounds like from what we gathered that there was, while you did say yes, and while they were maybe, um, it sounds like there were maybe reluctant yeses, that there was some hesitation that when Doug initially proposed to you, not marriage proposal, but business proposal in the sense of, hey, you can take this business, this little thing you got going on here, and we can scale it. It sounds like there may have been some hesitation, especially because the relationship was very new at the time. Can you tell us what did Doug bring to the table that ultimately allowed you to feel comfortable to take this, this leap of faith in both the relationship and the business? First of all, he had a track record of survival. Um, we share our story openly about his background and his past and he was a widower when I met him. And so he had survived what most people would think is probably the worst event of someone's life is losing their spouse. And when I would look at him and watch how capable he could manage all of that pain and anguish and still make it through the world, I thought, wow, you know, if somebody like that believes in me, then I should for sure believe in me a little bit more. I, and I think that all of us come with a set of what are called mistaken beliefs about who we are. And sometimes when we meet a new person or we reflect ourselves in that new relationship, we get the opportunity to see ourselves in a new way. And so in that loving sort of, you know, growing time in my life of, of being with him in, in a new way, I thought, you know, I think he might be right. And I was, I felt confident in moving forward, if that makes sense. You know? That makes beautiful what? sense. Yeah. It wasn't the stunning good looks? No. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Stop it. It's so terrible. <laughs> well, Doug, a, a similar question for you. So, you know, you're in this new relationship. You're meeting this woman. She's got this job that you have no idea what the heck she's talking about. Like, what is this woman doing here with her life in terms of her career? you became very excited and encouraged by seeing what she was doing. What was it about Michelle's business and maybe her, her portrayal as a business owner that gave you the confidence to want to push her in that direction? She had, again, a, a fire that I knew I didn't have. And that really got me going. It was just a feel. It was a, uh, she gave me something that excited me. She was passionate. Um, it wasn't just this grind out of her every day. There was a, like every day was just a new day and a new like opportunity. It's like, hey, this is something sprang up today. And it was just so refreshing and so 
again, her word grow, like I felt like there was something new that was planted in me. And I felt this new um, joy springing out in me every day that I got to spend with her. So it just, it lit me on fire <laughs> and, and really got me going. So yeah, that was what it, what did it for me. Both in the business and in the relationship. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Oh, there was so much. So and much. I have to say as a side note for those that may be listening and not looking at the video that we'll release um, later, I have to point out for our listeners that Michelle was just so lovingly looking at Doug while he was talking. And it was just such a beautiful, you know, small exchange between you two, probably subconscious, probably weren't even thinking about it, but just the look and, and the admiration that you have for each other is just so palatable, even through the computer screen. And I have to just point that out to our listeners. Our viewers will hopefully see this as well. And I'm sorry, Michelle, I just made you blush. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important also to, to note, it's fun to note this, that we did get married in 2013. And then we worked really hard. Doug went to his corporate job every day for four years um, in the hopes that we would grow the company to the point where he could leave that job. And that was also a massive milestone for us. And so I think one of my favorite memories of growing the company and then, cause I don't even remember what happened before you got here, was just getting prepared for you to leave that job. Can I preface the yeah. story a little yeah, bit? Please. So- I'm sorry, um, you were hijacking the podcast. This is what we do. That's okay. Uh, Less all, we talk, the better. All along in the back of my mind, I wanted to like- Be here. Like I wanted to be here. This was cool, this was fun. But again, the person, the get it done sort of mentality was I've got to stay with what I do. You know, I had a secure job, um, great opportunity, great benefits, great salaries, things like that. And stepping out into that unknown was still a little bit scary for us as a family and helping Michelle the best I could. I'd come home from work and then we'd sit down and, and strategize and game plan and do all of this. And, all in the back of my mind, really wanting to get to the point where it's like, wow, I wish I could actually work for our company. It would be really cool, uh, full time. Um, and then it got to the point where uh, we were having dinner one night and I said, you know, I can see the stress in you. She was like, I can't do this by myself anymore. What are we gonna do? And I said, well, I would love to get to the point where I could quit and come to work for us. And I said, but the biggest worry is replacing my salary. How am I gonna do that? And I'll never forget, we were at the dinner table and she looked at me and she said, oh, by the way, we did that about six months ago. So why don't you go in tomorrow and write your resignation letter? Wow. Um, and so I, I got to do that. I got to write my resignation letter that night, hand it over to our, uh, our president and he was, completely understanding and, and wished us well. Um, and I think that's where your favorite picture comes in. My favorite picture is Doug on his last day. We did a countdown, a sticky note countdown. <laughs> so every day he would walk nice. out of the house, I'd stick another sticky note on him. Like it was the countdown, five, four, three, two. And he got to work and this was, he had the one, which meant it was his last, last day. day. <laughs> 
That's awesome. That deserves a round of applause. I love that. And what I love even more, and maybe I'm extrapolating here, let me know. It sounds like, Michelle, you had already known financially that it was going to be okay for Doug to leave the company. But rather than push him into that decision, you sort of let him pull himself into it. Is that a fair statement? That's totally fair. Because I didn't want him to be a part of something that he didn't feel completely drawn to and committed to. The worst thing you want as a partner is somebody who feels like they don't, you don't share their vision or they don't share yours. And so I wanted to make sure that being an entrepreneur, living in risk, not knowing exactly how it's all going to turn out was going to be okay for somebody who's the done person, right? The check mark person, the list guy yeah. that really makes him nervous. I mean, he's the guy that, you know, if they say that you're supposed to put 20,000 miles on a set of tires, he puts 19,099, <laughs> right? I mean, this so I knew that, you know, living this way was going to be a real challenge or different way of thinking for him. And he was going to have to make that mind shift on his own. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And that was probably one of the biggest things. And, and I would encourage, we talk to other business couples um, all the time, and they struggle with um, understanding uh, what Michelle was saying, mm -hmm. what allowing that other person to thrive um, and not be just dragging them along. Mm -hmm. I don't ever, I don't, there's never been a day where I've ever felt like we've drug each other along. We challenge each other, we push each other, but I don't drag her along because she brings so much to uh, the game. Uh, and I bring so much to the game and it just makes us, our family, our company, our team, it makes everything better. So I'd love to ask you, you know, obviously you, you made the plunge, you switched from corporate to becoming an entrepreneur. Both of you did. I mean, Michelle, you didn't have much of a choice. Doug, you did. And I, you know, when we talk to a lot of people who are not entrepreneurs that are, and a lot of them are honestly not terribly happy in their corporate jobs. But they're, the thing you always hear is, well, I, I couldn't leave my corporate job. There's just too much security. It's the money. It's the insurance, this, that, the other. You obviously made the, the, made the choice and you guys worked on that together. But what advice would you give to those couples that ideally would love to do their own thing, but are just too scared? Like, how do you get over that fear? What do you, like, tactically, if you have to give some advice on that? Do it. <laughs> do it, get it done? You know, Today's not promised, tomorrow's not promised to any of us, right? Yeah. And whether you think your job is secure or not, if you're not the, the leader and, and, and driver of your own destiny, you really don't have a secure job. You're just fooling yourself. Every single one of us is replaceable um, in corporate America. And there isn't a single person that has security. And, and to think that you do is really not very smart. I don't think it's not very wise-minded. Um, and so to be in charge of your own destiny, I think is so much more important, I think. <laughs> and, Absolutely. And quickly, the, the fear, the trepidation, the oh my gosh, what did I just do? Was quickly replaced with this like roller coaster rush of just enjoyment. I get to take my kids to school every day. I get to take this beautiful girl out to lunch whenever I feel like it. I don't have to be trapped in uh, a car for hours on end in 
commuter traffic. I get to go have business meetings with really cool people that I've met all around this world. Um, and mm -hmm. being trapped inside the confines of an office because of security, because I'm afraid of the what if. I've already seen the bad side of what if in life. So for me personally, um, it, it was really easy to take that leap of faith because I've already seen really bad. I want to see really good now. Yes, yes. Wow. You guys, I am so um, just resonating with everything you're saying. I Both Mike and I had corporate jobs at, at one point and going into business for yourself is very rewarding in all of the aspects that you have just shared. And we can we can definitely resonate with that. But it is also scary, you know, and it is also it does require a lot of faith and and grit and determination to stick even with the down times and so you know we are living today we don't have to go into too many details about what covid is doing out there how has covid impacted your business and more importantly the the clientele with whom you service oh i can take that one sure. um it's been interesting covid has impacted a lot of home service professionals in a number of different ways anything that is an improvement on your home, whether it's a pool builder or a landscape designer or a landscape person or a tree service even, all of those improvements on homes have been in growth mode this year. You can't get a deck built or a pool installed or a water feature done because these contractors are so incredibly busy. Interior contracting is also massively uh, massively growing this year. So if you wanted to renovate your kitchen or your bathroom or do something on your residence, these, these trades were all massively growing. Um, so we saw a lot of growth actually in a lot of the silos that we support. Um, residential cleaning took a really challenging hit because it's a different type of service and people were nervous about having providers be in their home um, and have that sort of closeness. And so that, that was difficult. They rebounded really quickly, I think, in the summer and fall. We really saw everybody kind of come back to normal. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen in this next wave to home service providers. But generally speaking, what we saw was if you were in the business of improving someone's space and their home, then you were really in solidly good financial safe, safety this year. Um, even with all the challenges and upheaval, people really looked around their homes and said, gosh, if I have to be here and my kids have to be here and we have to live here and we can't actually travel, let's take part of that budget and improve our home on, in, in the long run. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what we saw. Um, we didn't see a big downturn um, and we were very happy and fortunate for that. Um, we sustained this year, we didn't grow as much as we hoped, like we did in the years previous, um, but we've also proven the fact that virtual and remote services can be done. They can Absolutely. be trusted, right? They can yes. be quantified. Um, and so we really don't really have to sell how we work anymore because now everybody's done it. Absolutely. So that's actually becoming easier for us. Before we move, I do wanna talk a lot about the remote aspect of your company, but before we do that, Doug and Michelle, tell us what is pink colors for those listening that may have missed this detail in the intro what is pink colors what do you guys do we are a virtual office solution for field service companies 
It's a fancy way of saying, we'll provide you with one office manager that can manage all of your communication, inbound and outbound. We work inside your CRM and really satisfy your customer's expectation from beginning to end. A lot of, you know, the buzz in the world now is virtual uh, assistance, things like that. Um, and really, a lot of times that translates down into answering services or call centers or something like that. Um, and we all know what those sound like. Uh, they serve a purpose uh, for a specific type of company. But what we really want to bring to the table is that, that old job being done in a new way. We're in a society I call the one-click society. We're all one click away from finding the answer on this machine that we want. Um, and we don't want anyone to click away from whatever they're, the solution they're looking for, whether it be getting your home cleaned, your trees trimmed, your yard mowed, hot water tank installed, any of that. Um, being able to give that old fashioned customer service up front where you call a company, they answer the phone, you know the name of the person, they're listening to what your problem is, they're giving you the schedule, the price, who's gonna come see you, and all the follow-up all the way through. So we're really doing customer service the old way um, in late 2020. So that's what we do. The old way, but in a new, in a new and reinvented sort of way as well, because you're working completely remotely, completely virtual. So everybody that works for Pink Collars, they're completely remote. Is that correct? That's true. true. Everybody works now. Yeah. And it's really cool. I'll go back to when uh, when we met uh, again. Michelle was doing it all by herself. Um, and this is really the part that it gets me in the heart even when I talk about this is um, I told her, I said, you know, we can really grow this company into something. And she looked at me, um, I mean, with the most serious look in her eye and she said, you have to make me one promise. I said, what's that? She said that if we ever grow and we ever hire people, I want to have our main mission be, be able to give jobs to people that need it like I did when I started this company. I didn't want to put my kids in daycare. I didn't want to go to the corporate world again. I didn't want to have to worry about, yes. you know, traveling on bad roads or snow or, or, or things like that. And um, she said, I will only say yes if you make me that promise. And, uh, and of course, I said yes. Uh, and to this day, that is still our mission, is to be able to give and provide work opportunities for people that can be at home um, and be... Uh, caregivers and providers and, and whatever role they need in their home. So uh, we take that very seriously. And that's uh, one of our core missions. That's awesome. That's that that resonates very much with us because we're in a very, very similar boat for a different reason. Yeah. Uh, we had a daughter that was born really premature and we you know needed to be home with her and we wanted to build a, a business that could support that for others as well. I'm curious, how do you find those people? Like, how do you, how do you decide who is the person that I guess, if you will, deserves this job versus one that doesn't? I don't know if that's the right way to ask the question. We, we ask all of our team members to refer people that they think would be a good fit for our company. So we do referrals within our company, first of all. Um, we advertise on Facebook, second of all, and in a lot of groups. We're members of tons of local groups um, here in our region, but then all of our employees are also members of Facebook groups, so they'll post the job listing as well for us. And then we, we do all of our 
any other advertising on all of those remote work sites. And we find a lot of great people that want to work from home. Also on flex jobs, and there's a whole ton of them, but we, we post there too. Yeah. So we have, um, it's an incredible list of people uh, wanting to come to work with us. We are so blessed every time I open up our um, HR software and see, you know, thousands of people that actually want to join our team. I feel very honored in that and looking through those names and reading their uh, resumes and job histories and what they can bring to the table. It's a real honor to be able to do that. Uh, and look at people that want to join our team. It's pretty cool. What I love about what remote work is doing is, is it's sort of democratizing the way in which people are hired, the way in which companies are hiring. They're changing sort of their 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 viewpoint on that. And it's it's allowing those individuals that may at one point or another might have ended up in a category that was less desirable than what corporate big companies might have might have wanted and I know that I'm I myself found myself in that category I was um, I took a two-year hiatus because of our daughter she had some medical needs she needed a full-time caregiver I knew that I wanted to have a career again I knew I wanted to work again but that I was going to have a really hard time finding a job because of that sort of unwritten unspoken about category of undesirable workers and i know that we've been very fortunate at proofpoint our company to um to work with individuals that actually their husbands were service members they had such a hard time finding a job because of the fact that their husband was constantly moving from base to base and companies weren't even willing to give them a chance weren't even willing to um you know have them work remote and i think now uh, this culture of remote work and virtual work is is just so beautiful in that it, it really gives those people out there ability to prove themselves, but also to better their, their lives and better their families' lives. So I want to read something here that I absolutely love on your website. It says, this is regarding your available positions. It says, we want you to apply only if you are willing to work for a company that is transparent, comprehensive, and proactive. And then you have your core beliefs down there. And I love that the pink, the P-I-N-K, each of those letters stands for something. I want to ask before we get into that, where did the name Pink Collars come from? Oh, that's, uh, that's a funny story. I get that question all the time. The original, this was while we were thinking about developing um, Pink Collars, her original company was still... Uh, moving and she happened to be in front of a uh, we were at a corporate event and she was speaking I was in the back um, on my laptop googling how to name a company uh, because we couldn't think of a name and I actually stumbled across um, and what a lot of people don't know I didn't know at the time is we've all heard of the white collar world um, we know what the blue collar world is but the administrative world is actually known as pink collar. Um, so I started thinking about that and I'm like, that's kind of cool, but we're on the phone all the time. So we just switched the shirt collar to the C-A-L-L-E-R-S and pink collars kind of stuck. Uh, she got done speaking. We went to dinner and I said, what do you think about this crazy name? Um, and it just kept coming back and we said, yeah, that's it. Let's do it. So that's wow. where the name came from. That's awesome. I love that. That's a, and I had no idea that pink collar as in the, the shirt collar was, was a real thing. So thank you for sharing that with me. I want to, I want to talk about your, 
um, your core values. And what's interesting is that they happen to be, you know, again, the 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 P I N K. The acronyms are are uh, the first letter of each word of the word pink is correlated to one of your values. So you have professional, impact, nimble, and kindness. On the show, we have talked to other couples about culture and vision and mission and kind of building that brand. And it's very apparent to me that this is something very central to you guys as well. Tell us, how did you come up with, with these words? Was it deliberate that they correlate to pink? And how many days did you spend in front of Wikipedia and, and dictionary.com? <laughs> Quite a few days. Well, actually, finding our, our three words, the comprehensive, transparent, transparent, proactive, we went through a, like a workshop with our business coach, and he walked us through kind of trying to find your core value words. And so that led into the pink words and the kind of that series of words as well. So after we did the first three, and those became sort of our branding uh, element, the, the three words under our logo, then we thought, started thinking about how can we distill that into action words, right? Um, how can we tell people that are applying for jobs with us how we take our core values and those, those you know, important words on our website and turn them into an activity that you'll do every day. And so, yeah, we just started with the acronym PINK and I had seen other companies kind of take their word or take their logo or take their their business name and create an acronym out of it. And I thought that was so smart. And so I just thought, well, I'll just take the color pink and um, come up with some creative words. So that's kind of how I did it. <laughs> well, I love it. I think it's clever and I just love the color pink. So <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for sharing that about us. Now, I know Mike wants to dig in a little bit more on the business side of things. So we're gonna let him jump in here. Go ahead, Mike. I, I always gravitate to business conversations. Um, I'm curious more of a, just understanding your business model a little bit better. Are you, the, the people who you have on staff, are they full-time employees or are they contractors? They are all full-time employees. We have found in this, in this world that we live in of uh, customer service, most people are contractors and that leaves them financially unstable. They have tax issues at the end of the year. It doesn't feel like enough of a connection for us. And so we made the commitment early on that every single person was gonna be an employee um, and was gonna have benefits like paid holidays. And we were gonna really take care of people in a, in a really interesting way. Um, and our pricing reflects that so that, you know, we are a premier service. We are not something that every single home service business owner can provide for their company. Um, but that's very specific and strategic on our part because we really wanna create a good working environment for our team members. Uh, on a side note, I can I like the fact that having them as full-time employees offers an extra challenge to us. Um, it makes us grind even more. It makes us push harder because we know there's a lot dependent on that, and there are families dependent on that, and and kids and and livelihood. So. Um, it was purposeful in our part in doing that and not just, you know, taking the easy route and just making them contractors. We want to make them full-time employees because it, it pushes us even harder. Yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. Um, uh, real quick, how, how, many, uh, how many people do you have on staff right now? 
We have just a little bit over 20 and we're going into our slow period right now, kind of our new, uh, slower, quieter period for home <laughs> services. But it's interesting when we go slow or our business kind of slows down a little bit, Doug and I actually go really hard into hiring and training and marketing for the spring. So our busy season starts right after the holidays for he and I and our management team, because that's when we start gearing up to get prepared for all the new clients that will come in in February and March. This is fascinating. Can you talk to us a little bit about some of the activities that you as, a, as the executive team and as the owners of the company, can you share with us what is this busy period looking like for you after the holidays? Well, we always sit down and look at the previous year. We talk about the wins and we talk about things that we want to make improvements on. Um, we always recircle back on training and understand our training program. We use a really cool system called Trainual, which is a video and document system um, for training folks. And so we really dive deep into Trainual and look at it again, make sure that all of the CRMs that we support have all updated documentation and training materials because we'll train specific individuals for a specific um, CRM or customer service management software that the how the uh, home service provider uses so we really make sure that that training is customized to that client and it's important that those things are all up to date because as everybody knows software is constantly changing so we want to make sure that those things are all done we want to make sure that our ads are running and that we're we've got a really strong bench of employees to hire at when it's time and we find that january and february and march are our biggest hiring sort of sprees um, throughout the season and then we also look at you know marketing plans it's been very interesting to kind of pivot to a lot more of this type of interaction mm -hmm. to get you know the word out about our business because we haven't been able to travel to shows we haven't been able to go to to trade events like we typically would and so you know we map those out i kind of look at what's going on a year in advance so my entire calendar for 21 is already loaded with every industry event that we want to participate in be seen in or support throughout the year so that's really what we kind of work on in this next couple of months i think you you mentioned it too is you got to have the bench. You got to have a deep bench mm -hmm. um, because one, we don't know what's coming um, or who's coming, uh, but we darn well better be ready for it. Um, and that's always our game plan. So she works a lot on the on the marketing end of it. I work a lot on the um, just getting the bench ready, talking to people, um, whether it be client based or employee based, staff based. Um, so yeah, it's, there's a lot to do. <laughs> Plenty. So I'd, I'd love to follow up on that. Uh, you mentioned bench, having a deep bench, especially on the employee side. I mean, uh, you know, if we're thinking of new business owners, new entrepreneurs, hiring and HR recruiting are all huge deals and very difficult, especially for people who've never done it before. When you talk about having a deep bench, what does that look like? Uh, I mean, for business like yours, obviously. For me, it looks like always having someone ready to answer the call. Um, and yeah, she yells at me all the time. I put things in sports analogies. <laughs> you know, I, I really admire the quarterback or the pitcher in a game that's like, give me the ball. I want to win it for our team. And then taking that mentality and looking for that in staffing. Who's going to come to our team saying, give me the ball? 
I want to win for you, coach. Um, so that's, that's what it looks like for me. And then just taking the experience, the staff that we have already, um, I, I interview them and I ask them a series of questions and like, what, what can I pull from them that tells me who the next best team member is going to be? Um, and that has helped a lot. Um, so that's how I start to just prepare the bench, talk to people, interview them. We, I personally um, do all of the hiring. I do video interviews. Um, we actually ask them to go through a certain series of steps um, to see, are they just job searching or are they career searching? Are they process oriented? You know, yeah. because we have processes in our business to support our clients. And if they're not process oriented by being able to follow two or three steps, then we know that they may not be a good fit for our company. So. Yes. Makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. And I love what I'm hearing because this is a lot of things that Mike and I talk about at also having a remote business. Our company is hundred percent remote and we we've looked at Trainual actually, and we're looking at a couple of their um, similar software to Trainual, And, and that's a big focus for us in 2021 is really documenting what we do as a company. And, um, and it sounds like that's what you guys are doing as well for your team and kind of creating, to use a sports analogy, Doug, um, the guardrails in a bowling alley. You know, you've, you've got the pins, you got the ball, and you are just making sure that everybody is, is going down this, you know, path and you got the guardrails just in case they need to, need to have a little bit of extra support along the way. I like it. <laughs> I'll give you credit for that, Gabby. I may steal that one though. I like it. You got it. You got it. Yes. <laughs> really quick, uh, just clarification, follow up. Um, when it comes to hiring, are you hiring ahead of when business comes in, or are you kind of hiring as needed after the business is close to signing? We kind of do a little bit of both. We do a little bit of pre-hiring um, for the season just to be ready because we know which clients are going to be very, very busy in the springtime. And so if we need to augment their staff by adding a team member, um, we'll kind of have that forecasted. But we, we do hire in advance because there are a great deal of seasonal clients that wait till the very last minute. No, I won't, I won't judge any of them. We love them all. But they wait to the very last minute um, and they've either laid off a staff member or they've gone dormant for the winter or they've changed the way they've done their process. I mean, COVID changed a lot of people's process where they just closed their office altogether and they had their guys in the trucks or in the field meet at a different, you know, public location for stand-ups or to pick up supplies or equipment. So it changed the way a lot of businesses were done. So I'm, I'm hopeful that that change continues and it's really beneficial for us. And I think it's really beneficial for the worker at the end of the day when they do get to be able to work at home. I think it's, it's going to be good all the way around, but yeah, we do a little bit of both is the answer. <laughs> well, and I love this. I just saw this on your website and I have to read it out loud. This is a testimonial from one of your clients named Dave and Dave said, due to Julie, I have the ability to leave town during the peak of busy season period, full stop. Then a couple of spaces yeah. down, he says, I'm not gonna, but I could. And I just love that. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I could tell who that Dave just, you know, I could I could get a good picture of Dave in my head. I'm not gonna, but I could. I love that. Yeah. 
he's, oh, he's a firecracker. I've loved him from day one. He picked up the phone and said, let's just do this thing. And I, I mean, want to talk about somebody that lives by faith? That's the guy right there. He called me up and he said, you know, I have a personal belief that I feel like I'm being led to go handle this mission in my life um, and help other people, but I still need my business to run. And something told me to call you and it clicked like that. And, and he dove in, we dove in. And Julie, the, our team member that handles him has been just uh, an incredible rock star. So um, it's, been, it's been fun to watch. Um, he, he's a great, great guy, not just professionally, but personally too. So it's been fun. Well, one thing that I found fascinating, and, and we kind of, we didn't really talk about this in the beginning of the call, but Julie, your first, um, you know, you said your cottage business. So when you were working with, with the company in Colorado that had the tree service business, one thing that you shared with us was that it was a husband and wife team and that you were, you were sort of their back end system and helping them and, and that you, you left Colorado and eventually you know, moved back to Virginia and that's kind of, then we know the story from there. But it's interesting, I, I'm, I wonder if you have any st statistics or even anecdotally, how many um, individuals based on the, the kinds of clients that you service are husband and wife, or let's say family-related businesses. Yeah, oh, I'd, I'd say, say it's more than fifty percent. I would be upwards of seventy-five percent. Really? Of okay. some, of somehow it's family-related, whether it's That's husband and wives, or boyfriend and girlfriend, or partners, or or whatever it may be. There is, yeah, it's yeah. pretty high. Okay. Um, and and I lean into that. I love that part because I think the. Um, the entrepreneur is the backbone of this country and, and watching them hustle and grind. And then all of a sudden you hear or see the light bulb go off. Um, and they're like, this is what I've been looking for. Um, and we get really excited when that, when that phrase happens. And do you think that th the fact that you guys are husband and wife, has that been, a, let's say, a crutch or a benefit in the business? How, how do you, because sometimes Mike and I early on in our career or, or in our business, people looked at it as though it was, oh, these guys are going to be too emotional, too, you know, schmoochy, schmoochy. Their personal life is going to affect their business. You know, we got some of that, maybe not very outwardly, but we could feel there was tension with some potential clients and business partners and, and folks that we were coming in contact with. How has that affected, you know, what, what, what do you feel, you guys as a couple in business, how has that impacted your business? I think it's actually helped our business. Yeah. I get a lot of people that will hear her on a podcast or they talk to me at a trade show um, and then never realize that we were actually married. Um, so that's, I think that's cool. But then when they realize, wow, you're successful and you're doing this. And uh, then I get the question, how do you work with your wife every day? Um, <laughs> We've heard that one before. Yeah. For me, that's a really easy answer is from day one, we established what lane each of us were going to be in um, and then decided openly to respect that lane. This is what I handle. Mm -hmm. This is what she handles. And she has full authority to look at me and say, get out of my lane. I've got <laughs> that only happened once or twice. Um, and, and, but it's the respect thing that she's 
the best at what she does of anyone on this earth that I know. So for me to say, I can do it better, I'd be foolish. And she gives me the equal respect as well. So really, I would encourage anyone married um, or, or in a partnership listening to this, um, and you're thinking about that, that is advice piece number one that I always give out is understand what lane um, you're good at and they're good at and just respect that and work together because two people driving in the same lane um, doesn't get a lot done. That other lane is completely empty and you got to figure out how to fill it the best way you can. That is wonderful advice and, and it makes a lot of sense. And actually that's something that Mike and I did um, early on with our business coach was determine, okay, who's going to be doing what? Who's responsible for what? And that was imminent, that became imminently clear when we sat down and we said, well, look, you know, I'm really good at this stuff and you're really good at that stuff. And I like this stuff and I hate that stuff. So, you know, we kind of were able to, <laughs> to, to, you know, to dish it out and parse it out and, and make it work for the both of us. And, you know, I wanted to say this earlier, Doug, I think I'm very much like you. I'm the doer in the relationship. I have to get things done. And my Mike is, Mike's got, even before the call, he came, he, he just came to my desk. He said, hey, I've got a great idea. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, Mike, stop. <laughs> but but you did like the idea, I did just like for the, the record. Idea, you like but the I idea. know I'm going to be the one executing it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Firefighter and arsonist. Right here. We're going to have to borrow that from you guys. And I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, how did you guys find your niche? Like, because you're you you deal with very particular client base. Like, how did you decide we're going to work with service based businesses? Well, I, we both had a background in construction. I was a commercial designer for a number of years. Doug worked in construction materials and procurement, so we both understood the logistics of getting a job done from the beginning. Right, you get a get the materials and you get the people to the site and you put the thing together and you sell the thing and the thing's done. So we understood that process in a way that I don't think a lot of answering services or call centers did. A lot of them work with a dentist office and an attorney and a plumber. And, a, and I'm sorry, but all of those, those different silos of service are so different and unique. And when somebody calls about a problem with their home or an improvement that they wanna make on their home, it is so much more personal then I just need to leave a voicemail or I need to get a dental appointment. Not that any of those aren't are impersonal, but mm -hmm. it just, it needed to have a different touch. It also needed a lot more detailed information. If you know, you're sending a tree guy to a person's home, you need to be able to identify what part of the yard, what is the issue, not necessarily what kind of tree it is, but what's the end goal? Do you want it to be gone? Do you want to save it? Do you want to stump grind it? Do you want, there's all this detail wrapped up in that piece of information that you're sending mm -hmm. that very highly skilled individual out into the world with. And if you don't get those details right, he's standing in front of 20 trees and he doesn't know where he's supposed to go. So in looking at operationally, you know, and logistically and details, it really fed my sort of spirit of design and, and challenges of building. And then it, it, I think, fed Doug too in solving problems. And so the two of us just felt like there wasn't anybody out there servicing the home service business provider in this way. 
other than an answering service that was just kicking the can down the road. You know, Mrs. Jones called and she wants a new bathroom. And that was the end of it. And then the poor provider has to stop what they're doing, stop the flow of their day, interact with Mrs. Jones and see what the issue really is. But to get them to the front door in a succinct, organized and efficient way is really the goal of our company. How can we get the service provider to you, the homeowner, as quickly as possible and get the, the thing done, whatever the thing is. If I, I'll use the old adage, if I had a dollar for every time, um, if I had a dollar for every time a contractor or, or field service company operator owner out there called me and said, I, I don't answer my phone at all, or I have to go home at night and I don't have dinner with my kids, or I don't date my wife anymore, or I haven't seen my kids plays or soccer games for years, because I have to spend every night calling back the people that left messages. Um, I, I'd be on an island somewhere. Um, so it, it's real, it happens, and you gotta get away from that. And, and what Michelle referred to was, we wanna solve the problem right when, or the homeowner when the problem is happening. And it may not seem like a problem, but having a tree trimmed or your lawn mowed or a patio built or, mm -hmm. or something done to their home, that's a very intimate opportunity for them. You're inviting someone to come into your home to take care of you, to make your life better. So we just looked at all of the stages of the process and, sort of reverse engineered it and said, where's, where's the biggest problem happening? And the biggest problem happening was in, in the customer service yeah, communication part. part, right at the beginning. So. Um, one question that I had is, you know, as entrepreneurs and as business owners, I, I think what I'm gathering from the call is that both you, Michelle and Doug, you're both very, very hands-on in your business. You're both, now you each have your lanes and I understand that, but you're both very hands-on in the business. How have you, as the business has grown, how have you been able to step away and pull back on some of the day-to-day -day stuff? What tools or what, uh, you know, forms of help have you relied on or, or, uh, or services, as an example, to allow you to step away and be, be more of the owners rather than the doers? Well, I think we got into a really good coaching program. I know you mentioned coaching earlier, and I think that being in a coaching program and getting some perspective from other people is incredibly important. I recommend to every one of our clients, and it's one of the part pieces of material that Doug asks, so one of the questions that he asks when he's talking to, to potential clients is, are you in a coaching program or what books have you read? You know, what books are you reading as an owner? Because culturally, it's really easy to put your head down and get into the business and not, not have that distance. And so being coached, I think, is extremely important. Um, having two young children, also very helpful because it really impacts your time. You can't be completely only business all the time. And using technology to be connected to the team, but not necessarily have to be with them constantly. Um, we use an internal and external communication system called Slack, where we put all of our clients and all of our team members in Slack. And with Slack, uh, you can reach me all available. the time available. Yeah, thank you. But I don't have to be sitting in front of my computer. So um, I want to have a business, and this is one of our other goals, is for every business provider that we support and us, we want our entire company to be able to be run on the phone.
So if we're in an airport or in the car or doing whatever we are doing, we want to be able to have every tool at our disposal for, for our company in this small device so that our mobility is not hampered. And so those, those two things, coaching and technology. <laughs> I'll in, um, enforce the coaching part is, uh, I love the old saying, um, if you think you're the smartest person in the room, you need to find a new room. Um, I believe that wholeheartedly. Unfortunately, I talk to a lot of people that, that they think they're the smartest guy in the room. And you got to lay that down and you've got to realize that there are a lot of people out there in the world that are willing to help, able to help and just give you a fresh perspective on things. I know that a lot of service business-based ownership out there look at customer service. It's sort of a byproduct that's come along with their business growing. This is a functioning role in your business that should generate revenue for you. And if you're not approaching it um, equally the way you approach marketing or sales or operations, uh, then you're going to fall down. Um, and so you need to grab a hold of customer service and really embrace it. Um, and if you're not good at it or comfortable at it, like you said, Gabby, then look for opportunities and, and resources uh, like our team that can really help you with that and give you that, that option. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think it's brilliant advice that goes across all industries and all business owners, you know, you have to look at your business, you know, 360, you know, holistic, and look at all the, the cogs in the wheel and all the, the wedges in your circle and say, okay, am I giving love to all these, these parts and these moving pieces? And if I'm not, I need to, how do I do that? Number one, is that me, the business owner, is it me bringing in a partner? Is it me bringing in an external service? Is it me getting things off my plate so then I can dedicate to this part of the business that is suffering or that might not have enough love? I say that all the time. Um, business owners think that you have to wear all the hats um, and really the wisdom um, that should come through is what, what, should, what hat shouldn't I wear? Um, and laying that down and realizing I'm going to surround myself by people that are better at this than me. So we're always looking for brighter, smarter, faster, more talented, uh, you know, lay that down because I'm only going to get better if I surround myself with better people. Yeah. I think one of the, one of the hardest things for an entrepreneur, uh, especially if they're anything like me is to, to ask yourself, honestly be like am i actually good at this and that again there's lots of different hats but am i good at wearing this one and if not you've got a decision to make right you either got to bring somebody else in or you better get that coaching because you're not gonna be able to teach it to yourself 90 percent of the time so who are what are some of those types of people that you've brought in i mean i heard you mention management team earlier on so do have you built up a management team on your side to kind of help with training, et cetera? We do. We have regional managers. And so those folks really keep everybody moving ahead. Um, and in terms of coaches, we brought in a um, really good guy named Jason Cup. He does the Colby exams for people. He can help you um, Colby test all your team and find out what people's, um, you know, high level markers are so that you can understand why they might be superstars in one arena of business and they might be struggling in another. Um, and then we work with Josh Latimer and uh, the folks over uh, Conquer, at Conquer. Right? 
Automate Grow Sell, which is uh, Brandon Vaughn's business, and he does coaching and has a number of different products that you can do. You can, you know, do uh, uh, weekly coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching. He's got a lot of different stuff. So between those two, those two groups, we've had some really good success in in helping with the care of our business too. So. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. We'll get after the show, we'll make sure we get that information so we can include it in the show notes for anybody that might be interested. I'm glad that you're talking about this because I think it's a, it's a bit of, you know, in almost every part of our lives, there's some, there's something that's a stigma. And I think as an entrepreneur, the stigma for us is, is for entrepreneurs is that we need to be experts in everything we do. And God forbid if we should admit that we have a deficiency in something and that we have to hire an external coach to do it, you know, it can very much feel like a stigma. It can very much feel like, uh, like as an entrepreneur, you are a failure or you have failed in some part of your business. So I'm very glad that you guys are sharing this with us. You're being open and honest to us with, with this piece of advice, because I think that it will inspire a lot of other business owners that may be struggling with something that they're too afraid to admit or ashamed of this being a deficiency for them as a business owner. We are um, getting close to wrapping up, but before we do, we'd like to talk about your family and your kids, and especially the fact that, you, as you mentioned, you're, you're a blended family. So I'd like to ask, you know, as a blended family, what were some of the challenges that you faced while bringing your family together and start also starting a relationship and building the business at the same time? Because all those things kind of merged very much at the same time. Well, um, we have a very strong faith. And so we really relied on their faith during that time. Um, and so that was really important. I think uh, we have a son who's 21. He turns 22 in a week. Oh, wow. oh, yeah, I had that wow. happen. Um, and then we have daughters 12 and 9. And we realized that it was strange when we met. It was like, each one of us individually, the five of us, all needed something from one or more of the other individuals in the group. And so it's like, I didn't know my daughter needed a sister until I met Doug and he had a daughter, right? And Doug didn't know he needed to be the dad of a boy until my son came along, right? And so like all these discoveries just sort of kept happening. And it's like these new skills, you know, he taught Jack had to change a tire when he was 16, like weird things that he would have never thought he would get to share as the dad of a daughter only, right? So there were just really fun things that happened um, as we got to know one another and as we got married. And our kids, I think, really made the difference for us because we, we just enjoyed watching them fall in love with one another too. You know, it gets me all smushy. Aww. But they 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 all fell in love with one another in a really tender and sweet way. And it's been really wonderful to watch that part of our life grow, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, it's cool. We live in a day and age where, you know, I mean, it didn't happen when I was a kid, but our, our nine-year-old texts and has FaceTime calls with her brother in college with, without us even knowing about it. And, right. um, you know, I think that is just one of the um, really cool things to watch how they interact and how they communicate. And then also allowing them to under, 
stand and, and see the inner workings of what goes on. The other blessing that I think we get to live every day is allowing them to see us navigate through life, through difficult times, through fun times, through enjoyable, uh, whatever it may be, obstacles. How do we overcome that together um, and include them as a family and, and make them teaching moments along the way? Unfortunately, I think a lot of uh, business owners are probably under so much stress that their children interpret owning a business as, whoa, don't want any of that. That's that. Dad doesn't come to dinner or mom's always on the phone or, or things like that. And they don't get to see the, or we don't allow them to see the joys that come along with this. You know, it's, it's really cool. I, I picked my daughter up today and, and she, the first question was, daddy, um, how was your day? How many, how many people did you talk to? <laughs> and I'm like, you're nine. This is kind of <laughs> awesome. So, uh, yeah, she might need like a summer internship or something, uh, right? I don't know what your KPIs are for the day. I already know I can't afford it. So. That's awesome. One of, my, uh, one of my favorite quotes from uh, another couple we interviewed was they talk about, you know, entrepreneurs can, uh, they, may, they build fire with their hands. And it's sort of one of those things where having your kids see that, I think, is is awesome and you that, that's a question we like to ask and you've already answered it so I think it's it, it's great to hear what how your kids are taking it in in terms of what what mom and dad are doing and, and applying it hopefully in the future and we're uh, we're we're trying to set up you know a legacy for them um, to be able to open every door every possibility every like hey if if the corporate world isn't your thing there's other opportunities out there for you um, and, and letting them see yeah. that it's okay. There are struggles in life. There's really big rewards in life as well. And you just got to go for it because like she said really early, none of us are promised tomorrow. Um, we don't know what's going to happen. So yeah. just grab it and run with it. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, this is the part of the show that we absolutely hate. And that's when we have to wrap things up and let our, let our wonderful guests go on with their day, because let's face it, we're all busy entrepreneurs. We've got, we've got companies to run. We've got kids to pick up dinner to make weekend plans to maybe sit on the couch and watch Netflix because of COVID, but still, we have had such a delightful and wonderful conversation with you both. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Before we wrap up, we have a couple of questions that we'd like to ask you. So we ask all our guests, you know, what's the next big project that you're working on either for work or in your family? You've asked the wrong person that question because she has about a hundred projects. I have a million. Um, I have 20. I have Pinterest boards. I have Trello boards. <laughs> I have all the boards and I got all the stuff. <laughs> it's so, true. Next um, big project so, work-wise. Yeah, let me let me re let me re-ask the question. Doug, which project are you getting done next? <laughs> <laughs> now you know how to ask the question. Um, the, we like she said, we just moved. Um, and she bought this giant, it's a it's a bull head. It's the bust of a bull that weighs about a hundred pounds and it goes in my office right over top of my desk. 
that's my next project. I got to get the bull on the wall. Yeah, to engineer uh, <laughs> how to get that thing on the wall safely. That's uh, so that's a fun project, but that's sort of my reminder every day to just, you know, keep pushing, keep pushing and go for it. So grab life, cool. grab life by the horn, so to speak. Right? Horn, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That was totally intentional as yep. well. So uh, love it. Business wise, um, you know, just consistent layers. Um, adding new layers of management and really growing our team um, and, and allowing our people to thrive. How about you? I'm so excited about stuff I've got to do. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot going on. We'll see. <laughs> You'll have to check in with us again. <laughs> All right. So next question, what advice, Michelle and Doug, would you offer other spouses looking to start a business together? What I think Doug covered it already, which I think was so important. We actually wrote job descriptions for ourselves. We actually wrote them down. We committed to them. We printed them. We said the job description for the president at Pink Collars is going to be this. The job description for the salesperson is going to, we defined all the roles in our business before they even existed in real time, including our own. So we did those. And as we always are thinking about growing, we define the role, we put the job description together, we put it on the schedule, we put it on the organizational chart, it's not a real person yet, and we say, this is the role that needs to be filled next. And doing that for ourselves first, I think set us up for massive success to stay in our lanes, like you said, but then also just to constantly be reviewing that role. Okay, now I can let go of some of these things, right? And these things can become a new role in our company. Um, so getting things on paper, out of your head, documenting them is really important. I know you said early on in the show that that was something you guys wanted to work on was documenting things. We use a free platform called Trello and we work on it constantly. And so that's a great place for any business owner to start doing what we call the brain dump, getting all the stuff out of your mind and in some sort of a place where you can start to move it around is really beneficial. So as we're wrapping up this year and you want to start 2020, um, fresh, I, I would say get a free Trello account and start moving some cards around out of your brain and into space um, for not only yourself, but your spouse. So I would, I would do that. Two pieces of advice real quick. One, have fun. Uh, that's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, th this whole world is pretty short. Um, just go out and have a good time. I mean, enjoy this. I mean, I get to look at this all day. This is the blast. We laugh and, and joke and people look at us as like, how do you get anything done? And so we get a lot done because there's an enjoyment that comes to it. Um, and then two, I would always advise people just, just lay down that, that idea that you have to be in control all the time. Hold it lightly. Just hold it a little bit lightly if you can. Most people hard. just squeeze it to death and they squeeze the life out of everything. And just they're like, if I twist way. and turn and all this, and it's like, sometimes you just got to let it be and you got to let it move in its way and then adapt to it. Um, and, and you will have a unique perspective on life um, if you just have fun and hold it lightly. Hold it lightly. That's very eloquent and amazing advice. I love it. I, I Oh man, this is now my new favorite episode. <laughs> we just won't tell that to anybody else. All right. One last question and then we'll let you go, but we'll keep in touch after the show. Doug, you will answer this about Michelle and Michelle, you will answer this about Doug. 
So what is the one thing or quality each of you bring to your business and to your life that you couldn't do without? Wow. Only one? Only one? I know. It's well, you can give us a few. We'll we'll uh, be generous. I would I would say um, Michelle's compassion, her generosity, um, and her her unwavering faith. I can I can lean on her uh, when I don't see the end. <laughs> this one comes raging in the room saying, "I've got you. Don't worry. Aww, I've got you." Honey, that's so sweet. And uh, the thing that he brings to the table is that he does things completely. Like he said, he just finishes them completely so I don't have to worry about them. It's like, he's my punch list for life guy. You know, like you don't have to go running around with your blue tape anymore. Oh, the punch you. list is done, you know? And I, that is really good for somebody like me who's a constant and con I'm a constant starter. And so to have that person in my life, I wouldn't be able to start any of the things I did without somebody like him. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are just a delight. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show. We, I know Mike and I have taken so much from, from our talk today and all your I've wisdom. I've got notes. <laughs> hey, that's, that's growth. Good job. I do the same thing. All your wisdom, all your experience, everything that you have gone through in life and in business to get to where you are today is just so inspiring. Thank you for being on the show. And, and uh, thank you for sharing so deeply about who you are, what you do, your company. I know that this episode is really going to be uh, so valuable to our listeners out there, to everyone that comes, that, that listens to this episode. They're going to take so much away from it. And most importantly, it's just been delightful to see <laughs> the love between you and the joy and the laughter. Those that are listening can't see it, but I know you can hear it coming through in their voice and in, and in just everything that they've shared with us. So thank you guys so much. Um, hang on after the recording. We'll, we'll chat a little bit. Well, well, really quick. Lastly, before we let you go, if somebody needs your services, where can they find you? You can find us at www.pinkcollars.com. And remember, it's C-A-L-L-E-R-S, uh, like a phone caller and the color pink. You can find us through the web. I, I'm one of those rare people. Even if you call our 888 number, I'm the guy that answers the phone. So I have to practice what we preach. Um, so look us up, call me. Uh, I'm, I'm a real person. Uh, I get that a lot. Like you actually answer your phones. It's like, yeah, I actually do. Um, so looking forward to talking to people, sharing um, our website, pretty self-explanatory. You can click through, fill out a contact form. It'll walk you through the, uh, the process. It'll give me all of your information as well. We'll connect. We'd love to sit down and talk to anyone that has questions. Fantastic. Fantastic. So again, for anyone out, out there, it's www.pinkcallers, as in making a phone call, dot com. Can, uh, are you guys active on social media? We are. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. We're on all the things. Oh, and we're on Twitter. We're on Twitter. Twitter. All the things. Even though I'm not a Twitter person. Doug's on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Isn't that funny how it's like male, female? There's different things. I may so. be the last person alive that does not have an Instagram <laughs> yeah, account. <laughs> I have one, but I don't use it. We're on all the things. You can find all. Find, find us, us everywhere. Okay, yeah, excellent. Yeah. 
Well, thank you guys again so much. What a delight. Doug and Michelle Myers from Bing Callers, thank you guys for joining us on Mixing Business with Pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. We appreciate you guys. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mixing Business with Pleasure. We hope you'll join us next week as we feature another pair of co-founders who are also lovers and are proving that business and pleasure really do mix well together. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.